Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you again this week. And I have to say, this is super, super strange. I feel like I am speaking out into the future or something. I am actually recording this episode in late July. And while I do like to say maybe a few weeks up to a month ahead of my podcast recording schedule, you know, just so I don't get behind or anything. This is like really far ahead. And I just have no idea what the world's going to be like when this episode comes out. So I hope it doesn't sound too tone deaf to what might be going on in the world with Black Lives Matter or coronavirus. But I do hope that you are staying safe no matter what it is, and that you are allowing this year just to be part of your growth edge. You know, I've been seeing a lot on Instagram things about 2020 is canceled or what the hell 2020. And I saw this one post from this guy. And now I can't remember his name. I think it's something like I am cash or I am something. I'll try to find it. And I'll link to him in the show notes because I just really love his messages and his videos and memes and all that stuff. It's super, super inspirational. But one thing that he said in one of his memes is don't cancel the year that woke you up. And I know that this year has been a massive, massive disappointment for some people. You know, I know that we're beginning this new decade of 2020 going to be the best year ever going to reach all these goals and blah, blah, blah. And things quickly got turned upside down relatively early on in the year for pretty much all of the world. And that doesn't mean though, that this year has to be canceled or that you just, you know, the only thing there is to do is to sit and wait and watch Netflix until 2021 rolls around. The truth is, is that there's so much that you can do and focus on and work on, despite everything that's going on in the world. I really thought that my business would slow down a lot once the pandemic hit just because of all the fear and uncertainty and the economic crisis that went along with the pandemic. When in fact, I've been hearing from so many women telling me that sitting at home without a lot to do and a lot less distractions than we have in our normal life has really forced them to kind of confront some of their stuff and really ask big questions of, 
what am I even doing? Is what I was doing actually working and wanting to run away from their thoughts, run away from their emotions, except there was nowhere to run to because the gyms are closed, the bars are closed. Dating is definitely turned upside down on its head this year. And again, I don't think these things are bad things. I think it's a year that really woke us up both collectively and also individually. And so I know we are getting towards the end of the year and there might be a yearning for 2021 to roll around or for there to be a vaccine or for there to be a new president. And it's not that wanting those things are bad things, but I really want you to really embrace whatever is going on right now in the world because, you know, I don't think that like life is as cliche as everything happens for a reason. But I do think that there are all the ways to grow in whatever curveballs life is throwing at us. So I really hope that you embrace this time. Again, I'm recording this in July. Coronavirus is really, really bad right now. And instead of just wishing it away or just watching Netflix until, you know, next year, I think that we'll all be better both individually and collectively when we really ask these big important questions. You know, one thing that I kept saying at the beginning of this pandemic is, was dating working for you before? Is that really what you want to go back to? Or do you want to create something new in your love life to go to, you know, once life can become a little bit more normal again, and the virus isn't as raging and widespread? That being said, I am definitely on maternity leave as you are listening to this. When I'm recording this, I have no idea if the baby is going to come early or come late, but baby should definitely be here by now. So I'm on maternity leave until probably early 2021 or so. And if you can kind of relate to all your things coming up, all your crap coming up right now, with life not being normal, sitting at home, being alone more often than maybe you would like or that you're used to, I really encourage you to, like I said, use this time to do some of the inner work rather than just to hide from whatever you're feeling. And my course, Crappy to Happy, is a great thing to work on while I'm away. It's a complete self-study e-course, and you can check it out over at veronicagrant.com forward slash courses. And in that course, I take you through the exact framework that I take my private clients through to heal their inner child wounds and other wounding that leads to unhealthy or emotionally unavailable partnerships and relationships. And there is a coaching call included in the price of your investment in Crappy to Happy. Obviously, I'm on maternity leave right now, but I will be opening up sessions or spots for those coaching calls probably well, maybe late 2020, but definitely by early 2021. So you've got plenty of time to go through the course, integrate it, work through all the assignments, let it apply to your life. And then we can have our coaching call and see where the sticky spots are and the crunchy spots and where you're getting stuck so they can help you troubleshoot. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash courses to learn more and to do the deep work so you can find that deep love you're looking for. Okay, my caller today is Natalie, and she is 51 and has been in a series of monogamous relationships. And most recently, she's been single, and she wants to date. But the fear of dating is absolutely paralyzing her. I love that she asked this question because I think that this is probably a really common question. And I actually said this to her right after she asked. I'm like, I can just sense all of my listeners. And they're so excited you're asking this question because so many people, I'm sure, can relate. Now, you will notice that if you've been listening to this show for a while, that I coach her a bit differently today than I do in a lot of my other episodes. And I'll explain more of why I did that in the recap of this episode. So make sure you listen to that after our coaching call. And whether or not you've been in previous long-term relationships, if you've been off dating for a while or a short while, and you feel like you're ready to to date again, or maybe you're thinking about dating again, but have a paralyzing fear about it. You'll really love this episode because I take Natalie through a lot of tools and techniques to not get over the fear, but 
work with the fear. And I really want you to take note of the coaching techniques I do with her, which I'll talk a little bit more in the recap of this episode at the end of the show, because you'll be able to do them yourself and hopefully get around your fear of putting yourself out there, fear of rejection, all of those things. So without further ado, let's get to my coaching call with Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, I'm super excited to be here. And I think what I have is a simple, but doesn't feel simple question to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I understand, I know it's what your podcast is all about, kind of, but I just feel um, now that I'm kind of getting back into the swing of things, I'll be 51 years old this year. And I've been in long-term relationships for most of my life. I just have this extraordinary fear of dating. And I think um, back, I used to always say and explain it like, I'm a relationship person. You know, I, I only do relationships. But as I think about it, I think it wasn't so much that I am a relationship person. I am a relationship person, but I think I also use that as an excuse to not date and to just not explore. And now that I'm feeling like, you know, I want to date, I'm like scared to death. I'm like, it's like there's the inner stuff probably. And then just the practicality of like dating just brings me a lot of anxiety. It's something that I want to do, but I'm afraid. Yeah. This is a great question. I'm so glad you're bringing this to the podcast. I'm already, I'm already like, I can sense my listeners and I'm already thinking, oh my God, they're all like, yes, tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) So I imagine this to be super relevant and common question. Let's go ahead and do this. Go ahead and close your eyes. And can you feel that anxiety that you described to me? Can you feel that in your body right now? Yes. Okay. And where do you feel it? In my chest. And how intense is it on a scale of one to 10? Pretty intense. I would make it like a eight, nine. Okay. Like I feel like I'm like, can't breathe. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's sit with that discomfort. I know it's not the most comfortable thing in the world to sit with your anxiety and we're not trying to make it go away. We're not even trying to lessen it right now. We're just trying to connect with it. So I just want you to acknowledge its presence. Now, it might naturally lessen a little bit. You might notice it go down on the scale a little. It might not, but it might. And I want you to imagine, you know, there's any number of ways you can visualize this, whatever resonates with you. You can imagine like you're inviting your anxiety up to a cup of coffee in your kitchen, or you're sitting at a park, or you're just kind of talking to the space in you that feels really anxious. Mm. And I want you to ask it without trying to come up with an answer to see what bubbles up. I want you to ask it what it wants you to know or what is it protecting you from? And as soon as something bubbles up, feel free to share. The first thing that came up was that I feel like what it would say to me, what it wants me to know is that I can overcome, I can get over this, which Mm -hmm. feels really relevant because I I don't feel like I've ever allowed myself to try to get over it. Like I just Mm -hmm. didn't address it. Tell me more about that. You never allowed yourself to get over something. I think, you know, again, it was just super easy it just made sense to be able to say, you know, I'm a relationship person and not push past that, not ask why, not ask what if, just not go any deeper than that. That was just, you know, the easy thing to do. And so even thinking about dating, you know, getting out there, putting myself out there, the anxiety, how do you do this? even just being able to say, okay, you can do this, even just acknowledging, like I haven't even allowed myself to acknowledge that anxiety. So it feels relevant that the anxiety is saying, you know, you can do this. You, you can get past me. You, you can date. <laughs> what if anxiety wasn't the obstacle and it was more of a messenger? What do you think its message for you would be? Probably that it's okay. It's okay to feel this. Like you're, you're not crazy for feeling this. Um, you can feel this and maybe still have fun 
you can feel this and maybe still, you know, it's not the end of the world kind of deal to feel this. Yeah. And what does that do for you? Does that, does that feel supportive? Does it feel believable? It does feel believable. I think initially, like, in addition to the chest and the tightening, like, it also kind of made me like, oh gosh, the tears are going to (laughs) come. But once I kind of go past that, I feel like a little calm. Yeah. As if anxiety is telling me like, yep, I told you, you just had to get past me a little bit (laughs) and then you'll calm down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're getting at is really, really important. And that is anxiety is not the enemy. Anxiety is not out there to get you. Yeah. Usually with anxiety, there's some future tripping involved and we can talk about some of the specific fears you might have, but anxiety is simply the messenger. And, you know, if you're, for example, like if you're on a date and you feel like you're in an unsafe situation, physically or emotionally with someone, you're probably going to feel a lot of things, anxiety being one of them. Mm. Can I get out of here? How can I get out of here? You know, how can I end this situation or this date or whatever? And is that a bad thing to feel anxiety? Mm-hmm. Right, no. Exactly, no. It keeps you safe. Keeps you right. safe. And so the work is to, the word that came to mind is to manage. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's to, I guess, foster or grow your relationship with your anxiety because anything that we feel, you know, like again, like if you're on a trail and you see a bear, like I kind of want fear to kick in because fear is going to help adrenaline kick in and, and get you out of there safely, mm. right? So fear is not bad. Anxiety itself isn't bad. The question is, is it going to run your life? Right. And when you can relate to it rather than treating it like the worst thing ever or the thing that you're dreading most, then it makes that a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you said manage, the other word that came to me was to validate. Like even, I just feel like I never allow myself, like I get so caught up in the, not even caught up because I don't even feel like I get caught up because I don't even allow myself to go there. I get the sense of anxiety and it's like, "Mm, I'm not even going to think about that and I'm moving Mm -hmm. on. So even when I just took the moment to think about what is the message here. It was like, okay, validating to kind of just sit with it for a second. And then I calmed down. Yeah. And when we were doing the initial meditation in the beginning, when you said you're about an eight and I was just like, don't try to make it go away. Just sit with it. Did it go down on the scale at all? The intensity? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, great. So what are some of the very specific fears you have around dating? Like how, (laughs) like, you know, I mean, even just the specifics of like, you know, do men still pay for dates or like, I remember even, you know, younger, like I just never knew like how to do that and kind of fumbling or I can remember being in college and a guy was dating, like took me out for ice cream. And I was like, no, no, thank you. That's okay. Cause I didn't know what to do. Like, do I pay? Does he pay? It was ice cream. (laughs) It was ice cream. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's back up again. First of all, you said you are a relationship person. I'm curious to hear, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to be a relationship person to you? That means for me, it has meant being in long-term monogamous relationships or what I thought were monogamous relationships. Okay. And why does that feel safer to you than dating? Mm, That's a really good question. I never even looked at it like that. I don't even know. Well, feel into it. What feels safe about monogamous relationships? What feels unsafe about dating? So I guess what feels safe is that there is kind of the knowledge of the person generally of what to expect, you know, knowing someone, you know, knowing what to expect, how they are, like knowing where, you know, possibilities of getting upset or or all of those things are. There's just an element of knowing. So I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about, you know, who's going to pay. I know 
the expectations are already there. Okay. Okay. So then what feels unsafe about dating? Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to be bad at it. I'm going to be rejected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How did you learn how to quote unquote be in a monogamous relationship? By being in the relationship, by doing, mm-hmm. you know, by just, you know, on the job training, <laughs> you know, it's not like I had a bunch of examples. Mm-hmm. So it really was kind of like just being in relationships. Mm-hmm. And do you believe there's any one right way to be in a monogamous relationship? I do not. I really do believe with all my heart, um, the older I get, everybody's writing their own story. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. You know, those two people are going to write their story from beginning to end. So I, I don't. Okay. Okay. So then why is there only one right way to date? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess probably because it just feels like because I have not done it, you know, there must be some like secret book out there that, you know, if you just tell me what the title is, then I'll be good <laughs> at dating. Well, I mean, some people would say that I'm sure some people listening would say that you're good at dating because they're like, wow, I've never even been in a real relationship before. Mm. You know what I mean? It's all about perspective mm. and the stories. That mm. we tell ourselves. Mm. Remember, the whole point of dating isn't just to date for dating's sake. The point of dating is to meet someone that you would want to be in a monogamous relationship. And the fact that you've been attracting people and have been in previous monogamous relationships, if the goal is to be in monogamous relationships, then like, it seems like you're reaching that goal. Now it may not be the right person and that's a different story, Mm. but it does seem like you know how to connect and Mm. commit and to find people who want to connect and commit as well. Again, they may not have been the right person at the time. They were the right person, right? Mm-hmm. They were that soulmate in that time, that period of time. But this is really just a matter of, you know, getting rid of the story that you don't know how to date. It's also a matter of creating your own dating rules because mm. really, like, it doesn't matter. Mm. If you want to pay for yourself, if you want to pay for you and your date, if you want to go have these, you know, Whatever you want. And the beauty actually is doing whatever you want, playing by whatever rules you want. You know, if someone thinks it's just like so awful for you to pay for them or for you to pay for yourself, then like your values probably don't align anyways and it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. So it's just mm-hmm. a good, it's a good weeding out process to play by your rules anyways. So I'm not convinced. No, I get that there's rejection and we can talk about that, and that's we can talk about that fear. But I'm not convinced that you don't know how to date. In my mind, mm-hmm. and I'm connecting with my listeners, they're going to be like, can she tell me how to get into monogamous relationships? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really good point. It is perspective. And it's the story that I'm telling myself because I really have built the story. And I, so, yes, I think it's perspective. But I also think there is a piece of, I guess, just needing, wanting to do differently. So, so perhaps I was dating, you know, and it was turning into a monogamous relationship, but I definitely, you know, moving forward, want to think about, you know, what it is that I want and not just assume or try to make it work. You know, I'm on this date with this person and it's going to lead to something. You know, I want to be able to be kind of free to date and it'd be okay. And okay. It didn't work out with that person. I don't want it to necessarily have to, I want to date to find the right person instead of dating to be in a monogamous relationship. If Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So let's do this. Um, Go ahead and close your eyes for me. I don't want you to imagine the right person. I want you to imagine the right relationship. And so just keep like the person out of this vision. (laughs) Maybe just give a blurry face or something. How does it feel to be in the right relationship for you? Secure. Mm-hmm. Fun. Mm-hmm. Light. Mm-hmm. In tune. Mm-hmm. 
like in sync. Mm-hmm. And can you feel what that feels like in your body? Yes, a little. A little. Okay. Where do you mm-hmm. feel it? I feel like I feel it in my shoulders. Okay. I'm a, yeah. Okay. And how intense? A scale of one to 10, 10 being most intense? A five or a six. Okay. That's pretty good. Can you turn that up the dial or up on the dial to about maybe a seven? So you're just feeling it a little bit more intensely. Yes. Okay. So just breathe here for a moment. And what I want you to do is just become intimately aware of how your ideal relationship feels. Mm. So you're just feeling what that feels like in your body. And this will be something you can do. I mean, I, I, if I were you, I would do it every day. So mm. that becomes a super familiar feeling and you can grow it to where it feels, you can feel it as intensely as a nine or a 10 on most days. Mm. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So that's your compass. I love that. I love that. If you're on a date with someone or dating someone and they, you know, kind of (laughs) poo-poo on everything and and you don't feel like that or you feel judged or you feel closed off or you feel, you know, that could just be a sign right then and there, like this isn't the right person and cut it off. It could be a sign. Maybe just need to have a conversation and then see, you know, just kind of depending on the situation. But that's the... Yeah, that's the compass to go by because the thing is, is that you can go on a date or on dates with a bazillion people and be like, well, you know, this person was nice and all the stuff on paper lines up. I feel like I should like the person. It's very nice to me. And and we can just ping pong back and forth, you know, mentally about Mm -hmm. whether or not someone's the right person. Should we just try to make it work because they have all these great qualities and the truth is that sometimes love and attraction isn't logical. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it doesn't always make the most sense. And so when you go by how you feel, uh-huh. not like that feeling of like, that like, gotta have you right now feels like an addiction kind of thing. Like that's an inner child wound uh-huh. coming up that just wants to uh-huh. you know, get fed basically by that part. Uh-huh. But when it just feels like that, presence that you felt in your body and someone mm-hmm. able to feel like that with someone it's a good sign yes not a bad place to be yeah I love that just feeling like you know that's your compass like that's like and that I can grow to really be able to identify that feeling mm-hmm. I, I love that yeah yeah and I think that in addition to this you know at the beginning of this call, I had you kind of meet the anxiety that you were feeling. And so basically what we did is we, we stopped resisting it and it subsided mm-hmm. and we got some messages from it, all good things, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're dating, you're probably going to get rejected. You're probably going to get ghosted at some point. You're mm-hmm. probably going to be frustrated for any other number of reasons, like maybe meet someone who's emotionally unavailable or just not the right person or this or that, like all of these things are going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Now I do think obviously, I mean, we're working together. So the more you can do the inner work, I think some of that stuff or a lot of that stuff can get mitigated, but Mm -hmm. instead of resisting, Ooh, I don't want to get rejected or Ooh, I don't want to worry about this game or this thing that people are going to do. Instead, if you just embrace like, yeah, I'm probably going to get rejected or yeah, somewhere along my path, I'm probably going to run into a jerk or a bozo or two, Mm -hmm. but actually just let that happen. And then just like, keep on walking by, you know, if you're just imagining like you're dating is just like on a journey and just moving forward and you just keep on going Mm -hmm. rather than like stopping every time and being like, Oh, this person or, Oh, this thing or, Oh, like that makes it really, 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 really exhausting. And I can't imagine that being fun for anyone. Right. Right. One thing that I have my clients do sometimes, and this might feel super scary, is um, I have them do a little rejection challenge where I challenge them to actually go out and get rejected. (laughs) So let me tell you, when I first started my coaching business, I was terrified of putting myself out there. I don't want to get rejected. 
So I was working with a coach at the time and she was like, I want you to reach out to 25 people Mm. about hopping on a call and potentially working together. What do you think happened? Yeah, I got clients. <laughs> Turns out, did I get rejection too? For sure, I didn't get twenty-five clients from that. I think probably I got like two or three from that. Wow, so that's, wow. So that's if I got two or three, and I reached out twenty-five people. You can do the math. That was a lot of rejection. But you know, I've said in the podcast before, a yes lives in the land of no's. Right? You have to go out into the land of no's to find the yeses. And so, if you yes. actually just embrace the possibility and the likelihood of rejection, then you're probably going to find what you're looking for. If you're I like, love that. Yeah, if you're like rejection, no, 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 then it's going to be really hard to find what you're looking for. I like that because it also gives you some power. It gives you power. So yeah. instead of kind of waiting, you know, to just kind of put yourself out there, understanding that, you know, you're going to get no's, but there's also the possibility of a yes out there too. It just feels like really like liberating. Like, you know, I don't have to necessarily wait around. I can kind of put myself out there. You said something the other day about creating serendipitous moments. And that just stuck with me that I just love the idea of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Like, I think especially in the patriarchal patriarchal world of dating, I think we think that we have to give our power away in order to find the manly man or to not be intimidating or to not be too much or whatever. But all that's doing is just giving our power away. Right. Right. Like depending on your preferences, like you can still find a manly man or whatever kind of person you want and also keep your power because if you're giving your power away and wanting other people to make the move or do the thing or whatever, then what kind of dynamic is that starting the relationship off on? You know right. I mean? Right. Not necessarily a good one if you've given your power away and that's the dynamic where the relationship begins. Why do we think the relationship dynamic would change just because all of a sudden we started dating? Yes. Okay. What are your action steps? To sit with the anxiety, <laughs> um, not be afraid of it, but look for the messages, you know, just remember that to foster that feeling, the feeling that I want in the relationship, that feeling of wanting to be warm and secure and in sync. And then the kind of rejection challenge slash creating serendipity, serendipitous moments mm-hmm. and combining those two. Yeah, I think they're totally combinable. And just, and I'll add to that, just letting things like assuming and knowing that you're going to experience rejection or frustration and letting that just be part of the process and then moving on rather than getting entangled in the story or yes drama of that because that's why we have the bachelor we don't need that in our lives right (laughs) (laughs) yes yes (laughs) for me it's real housewives but yes (laughs) i'm just kidding or maybe not actually uh okay do you feel good do you feel less fearful of dating i do i do i love it thank you good good well keep me updated i know we'll talk again soon but keep me updated let me know how it goes okay will do I talk a lot about doing the deep work on this podcast. And if you're like many women, you might be wondering, what is the deep work? I've been to therapy, so how is that different? And most important, you might be wondering, all right, Veronica, how do I do it? And how will it change my life? If that's you, I've got great news. I've created a brand new, totally free workshop called Attract Your Soulmate Without Losing Your Soul. In this on-demand workshop, you'll learn why most women do all the right things, read books, listen to the podcast, even go to talk therapy, but nothing changes in their love life. I'll also walk you through my deep work, deep love framework, so you know exactly what you can do to start attracting better fitting and healthier relationships. And you'll learn how to overcome the number one obstacle to your love life transforming. Whether you have no idea why you attract who you attract, or you know your patterns, but you can't seem to shift them, you'll go from feeling stuck to knowing exactly what you need to do to move forward. Again, This workshop is totally free and you can watch it right now. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash soulmate to sign up.
Thank you so much, Natalie, for coming onto the show. As always, I so appreciate you and your courage and your vulnerability and all of the women who come onto the show to be coached. So thank you. Thank you. So Natalie's question was about getting over the fear and anxiety she felt around dating again. She feels really confident about being in a monogamous relationship. She feels like she knows what to do, what not to do, how to have the communication, all of those things. And yet, when it comes to dating, she felt kind of like a fish out of water and just felt like, I don't know what to do. I don't know who pays. Do you do this? Do you do that? And here's the thing. I think what she was doing is she was waiting or hoping for some way to let the anxiety or get rid of the anxiety or fear that she was feeling. But here's the thing about human emotions. There's no such thing as good or bad emotions. There are maybe more desirable emotions. You may not want to feel anxious or fearful all the time, but that doesn't make them bad emotions, right? Because there's just, we can't live our life like that. And in fact, we know what happiness and joy and all of those things feel like because we know what grief and sorrow and sadness and fear and anxiety feel like. So as humans, humans, we grow, and we learn through contrast. So we need to have these opposing emotions, I think, to be human and to grow. And so that means when we experience things like anxiety, the goal isn't to make it go away or to silence it. The goal, I think, is to actually listen for the messages that these uncomfortable emotions have. So think of it this way. Let's say you're in your house and all of a sudden a fire alarm goes off in the middle of the night. Would you take a hammer and just smash the fire alarm and say, screw you, and then go back to sleep? No, you would probably get out of the house, call the fire department, and you would do something about it, right? Because a fire alarm was going off and it was telling you, it was sending you a message, hey, there's some fire or there's some smoke and you need to do something about it, right? So fear and anxiety, they're simply messengers of another problem or of a deeper thing going on. They're not the problem in of itself. And a lot of times we treat these kind of emotions like they're a problem and then we miss out on the message underneath and therefore we miss out on a lot of the healing and looking at limiting beliefs and shifting those. So if you're feeling a lot of anxiety or feeling a lot of fear and getting back out to or really wherever else in your life, I want you to approach the feeling of, okay, what are you here to teach me? And you can do the same exact process that I walked Natalie through, which is just feel the feeling and then ask what its message is. Why is it here? Not in a why are you here type of way, but why is it here? What does it want you to know? And then what lessons or what path can you garner from that? And then the next thing that I did with Natalie, or not the next thing, but another big piece of our coaching conversation was I asked her how she wanted to feel in her ideal relationship. Because the truth is, is that, yeah, you can choose that you want, you know, if you're a heterosexual woman, you can choose that you want the men to pay at least on the early parts of the date. You can decide that you want to go have these. You can decide that you want to pay. You can decide all sorts of things. Whatever rules that you want in dating, you're allowed to live by those rules and by those boundaries. You don't have to play into some arbitrary set of rules that you didn't even set that who knows even created, right? So you can do whatever you want. The better compass, I think, to go about dating is to get really clear on how you want to feel. And the more you can feel that and the more you can be comfortable with what that feels like, then the better able you're going to A, get a sense of whether or not someone is the right fit for you if you want to continue dating that person. But it's also going to be much, much easier from that place to decide what you want to do. You know, maybe you don't want to go on dates on Monday nights because that's bachelor night. You know what I mean? I mean, look, okay, fine, whatever. I'm a bachelor fan. It's my guilty pleasure. (laughs) Maybe that's not your thing, but whatever it is. Maybe, you know, I had a client who decided she did not want to go on dates during the week because it was just really stressful. By the time she got home and got something to eat and changed and went to the date, it was just too much, right? So she only would go on dates in the weekend. And that was a boundary and a rule she set for herself. And that's great. She's allowed to play by that rule. She's also allowed to change the rule if she wants. And that's just how dating is going to be for her. And that's totally fine. And the way that you can determine these boundaries, determine these rules, and determine who you want to continue seeing or not continue seeing is by getting really, really clear on how you want to feel. 
Now, one thing that really, really shifted for Natalie was when I asked her to actually embrace the fact that she was going to get rejected, that there were going to be no's, that there were going to be people who ghosted her, that there were going to be, I think I said jerks and bozos (laughs) that she was going to come across. Now, we're working together in the Love Incubator the time of this recording, we were working together in Love Incubator. We've done a lot of the underneath work, a lot of the excavating around inner child wounds and all of that stuff. So now she's at a place where she has a really strong connection with her inner child. And so she can go out and be rejected and not necessarily let it influence the way she sees herself, her self-worth, her worthiness, her lovability, all of those things and actually embrace like, yeah, sometimes you're going to be rejected. Sometimes there's going to be something that's less than ideal that happens. But if she can actually just accept that that's just going to happen, rather than try to resist it, it's kind of like the same thing with resisting the anxiety or the fear or whatever. Like, what is that really going to get you? Like, you're not really going to move in any forward kind of direction, if you're trying to use all of your energy to resist the anxiety or fear or whatever. So same thing when it comes to the frustrating parts of dating. Nobody can guarantee that you'll never be rejected again. Nobody can guarantee that you'll never come across a bozo again, right? Like it's going to happen most likely at some point or another. So I challenge Natalie to try to get rejected 10 times and let that actually be the goal. And the truth is she might get rejected 10 times. But if she does that challenge again, and again, at some point, like she's going to go on a date with someone, she's going to meet someone, just like how I shared my story of when I was really, 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 really scared to get clients. Like if I'm not putting myself out there, if I'm not sharing my expertise, if I'm not saying, hey, I have spots available to work with me, like, do you think I'm ever going to get clients? Like, no, definitely not. So that's why my coach challenged me to to send out 25 personal invitations to people who I thought would be a good fit to work together. And lo and behold, of course, I got rejected and not get 25 clients from that assignment. But I definitely got clients, right? And that was what I needed. And I don't need 25 clients all to say yes at the same time, because that would be overwhelming. I don't actually have that kind of time. And so it's the same thing with dating. If you put yourself out 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, you don't need all of those people to work out, right? Unless you're looking for a polygamous relationship. But I think most of you all are looking for a monogamous relationship. You only need one to work out. So you can afford to have lots and lots of rejection, but you do have to be able to I shouldn't say deal with that, but just let that go and not have that be a reflection. And that's why I do encourage you if that just feels like no way I can't even handle that kind of rejection. That's why I really do encourage you to do the uh, crappy to happy course, because that will help you address some of the underlying issues around, you know, just inner child wounds, core wounds, all of those things that are just so paralyzing that you can't even put yourself out for potentially to be rejected because it would just be demoralizing and would erode on your worthiness. And this gets me to a next piece that I want to talk about. And that was the coaching techniques I did with Natalie. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you probably know that when I coach women on the show, we often go back to childhood and core wounds. And that's really the place I start with all of my clients, really, because the core wounds that we experience as children and our experience as children can have a huge impact on how we view ourselves, men, women, love, relationships, all of those things. And when we don't shift those things, especially when they are limiting in nature, like the belief is limiting in nature, then we have to shift those things so that we can see it in a new way so that we can experience something different in present time. Now, like I said, I've been working with Natalie in the Love Incubator, we've been doing a lot of the inner child work together already. So because we already have that foundation, I was really able to focus with her the more mental and physical aspects of coaching. Now, I've talked about this before in the podcast, and I'll put this graphic in the show notes as well so you can see it. But if you imagine like the kind of pyramid for Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like the very bottom is like food, shelter, that kind of stuff. And the very top of the pyramid is self-actualization. So I have a similar kind of model for the coaching process that I take my clients through. The very base of the pyramid is spiritual, and then it's emotional, mental, and physical. And I always 
always start my clients with the more emotional and spiritual aspects, because that really creates the foundation for everything else. We've got to have some sort of grounding, some sort of spirituality going on in order for there to be any kind of, I think, basis to do the work that I do. And then we have to address the emotional piece, because the emotional piece is how we feel, how we feel creates our thoughts, how we think creates our actions. So because Natalie and I have a strong foundation of working together and doing the spiritual and emotional pieces, we have a little bit more freedom then to look into the mental and physical without it feeling a little bit more superficial because she knows how to work with her inner child if that stuff were to come up. So the coaching techniques that I was doing with Natalie were really about turning the beliefs that she already has totally on their head. So I asked her why she was good at being in monogamous relationships. And then I asked her how she got to be good at being in monogamous relationships. And she said, well, because I just learned and I figured it out. And you know, I figured that over time. And then I asked her, well, why can't you do that with dating? And I asked her why it was true that she wasn't good at dating. Because in my mind, I'm like, well, you've been in monogamous relationships. I worked with a lot of clients that feel like they've never really been in a serious relationship. And is isn't the goal of dating to be in a monogamous relationship rather than the goal of dating be just to be a better dater, right? Sure, some people just want to date and have fun and that's fine. But I think for most of the women listening to this podcast, I think the ultimate goal is a monogamous relationship. So I think in the minds of many women listening, probably yours too, Natalie seems to be pretty successful at getting into a relationship. She seems to know how to commit. She seems to know how to connect with someone who is also willing to connect and commit with her. Now, yes, it may not have been ultimately the right person, but it was the right person for that moment in time because there was some sort of soul lesson that she needed to learn from that person. And that gets down to the spiritual and emotional work, which of course we're not going to dive into or we didn't dive into in this call because we're really hanging out in more of the mental and physical realms. So this is obviously a very different coaching style than the more emotional or spiritual coaching that, you know, I do a lot on the show. But we also can't forget that the mental and physical realms are also important. Because if you're just doing inner child work and are psychoanalyzing yourself all day long, yes, I think you should do inner child work. Yes, I think you should look at your life and your relationships and ask yourself, why did I attract this person? How did this happen? Why did this happen? What did I learn from that? I think that's super important. But at some point, you have to go out and live your life. And you have to look at the beliefs that are creating the actions that you're taking or not taking so that you can do something different so that ultimately your life changes. So I think one thing that you can do if you're feeling a little stuck is write down all the beliefs you have and just turn them upside down on their head. Take out a piece of paper, take out your journal, wherever, and just write down some of the beliefs that you had. So for example, Natalie believed she wasn't good at dating. Natalie believed that she was good at being in monogamous relationships, but not good at dating. She believed that she didn't know how to know if she should pay or if her partner should pay or the person that they were going out with, if they should split it or whatever. And you'll notice that I just turned so many of these upside down on their head pretty quickly. Maybe she did know how to date because she was able to get into monogamous relationships, right? And so I think that it could be really helpful for you to do the same thing. She was so scared of rejection and you know, kind of the woes of dating. Well, what if that was actually an okay thing? And getting rejected was actually kind of the point, because then she's really putting herself in a position to find a yes to find the right person. So what are some of the beliefs that you have limiting beliefs specifically around dating, especially getting back out to dating if you haven't been dating for a while? And where can you begin to poke holes in those beliefs? Where are those beliefs actually not really true? Or if they are true, Can it also be true that maybe it's not such a bad thing and maybe that's okay? So I hope you loved this episode. If this episode was helpful for you, I would love to hear what your thoughts are, what beliefs you're turning upside down. Come on over to Instagram. I'm still on Instagram, Uh, you know, got to be breastfeeding in the middle of the night. So (laughs) I'll be replying to DMs. I would love to know what what your thoughts are, what thoughts you're turning upside down that you've had or you've been carrying around. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And if this episode or any episode you've ever listened since you on this show has helped you in big or small ways. I would be so grateful if you took a moment to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. It's really, really helpful. And I really just can't thank you enough. And please share this episode, just send your friend a text or an email. 
or even better, take a screenshot of it and put it on your Instagram stories and tag me so I can send you a little bit of love over on Instagram. I would just be so appreciative of you helping me to grow the show with more amazing women just like you. So again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I will talk to you next week. What if I told you I could tell you exactly why you were still single? What if you knew exactly why you were still single? It's not magic, it's not astrology, and I'm not a psychic. You can figure that out for yourself now, and it's all about understanding how your core wounds from childhood create your fears and limiting beliefs about yourself as an adult. In my new course, Crappy to Happy, in two weeks, I'll walk you through the exact process I take my clients through to discover their love blocks and clear them, so you too can find real love without having to spend years in therapy. I've worked with hundreds of women to change their love life, and whether it's getting out of a toxic relationship, dating again after years of not, or meeting that special someone, I'd love to help you too. To learn more about my self-study e-course, Crappy to Happy, and register, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash courses. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me in a future episode. And don't forget to rate and review the Love Life Connection. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. And until then, sending you so much love. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.